Well, good morning to all my online friends that are here with us today to uh, uh, just celebrate in worship and in message and communion and um, prayer and all the good things that we do together here at Crossroads Church. We're so grateful that you have joined us today. Uh, the red light is on, which means I know we are streaming. And so whether you're with us live this morning uh, on YouTube or Facebook, ccmonline.org, or if you're podcasting with us later on today, how grateful we are that you've decided to spend a little bit of time with us. Uh, don't forget to get uh, your elements ready for communion in a little bit. We'll celebrate that together. So whatever you have in your refrigerator uh, is good enough for us for a meal together during communion. So again, we're so grateful to see you today and uh, we welcome you to Crossroads Church of Ministries. Let praise be a weapon that silences the enemy. Let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise. Let praise arise. Sing your name in the dark and it changes everything. We sing with all we are and we claim your victory. Let it Down everywhere. 
you know, um, I had a friend who used to say, every day I go, uh, I go into the shower and I let a fresh baptism happen. I let holy water hit my skin. Can you imagine if every morning you woke up and you said, let's get baptized today, <laughs> right? That there's a fresh baptism every morning and that water could be a metaphor to remind you that there is a way to feel the fresh move of God in your life. And so, you know, I, don't you think water is a miracle? Yes. Anybody ever notice that? Like, wow. I, you know, go to the beach, hear the waves crash. Scott just needs water on the regular. Yeah. And he has to go somewhere near water, even if he turns the sprinkler on. <laughs> and, and so, you know, there is this wonderful gift that, that God gave us in the metaphor of water. And the Holy Spirit is also uh, known in a metaphor of water. So, your forgiveness, put your hands together, is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. Like a sound of a symphony in my ears. Like holy water on my skin. Like holy water on my skin. Yeah, one more time. Like holy water on my skin. One more time. It's like holy water. Yeah? And so tomorrow when you take your shower, just go ahead. Just say, your forgiveness. <laughs> right? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And whenever we bring intention to that attention, something happens in us. Amen. Right? Anytime we're open to the move of God, God's got God's stuff to do. Definitely. Amen. 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 Everybody said amen? Amen. All right, let's read the title of this message and... Then look at somebody else. All right, ready? I don't, I don't want, want you, you to, be, to ignorant. be ignorant. So tell your friend, <laughs> don't, don't want, want you to be ignorant. Be ignorant. <laughs> and it really is. And hopefully you don't want to be ignorant either. Anyway. <laughs> you can, yes, you can read the scripture. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, so let's read the scripture together. This is where we started last week, and we're going to jump back in and continue on. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters... I do not want you to be uninformed, ignorant, misunderstand. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. And to another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit and distributes them to each one just as he determines. Say that again, just as God determines. Just as God determines. Let's say it again with spirit. 
Just as the Spirit determines. Let's say it again with the Spirit. Just as the Spirit determines. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and uh, take a seat. So we started off last week talking about the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk um, for several weeks on this topic, so we're going to be moving around about a lot of different things. And um, essentially last week we talked about, and if you weren't here, really we would encourage you guys to check it out so that we can kind of build week upon week and maybe get our faith increased for the activity of the Holy Spirit in all of our lives, in our community, in our neighborhood, certainly our families. Just a little mental floss. Yes. You, you got to hold Just that mic a little up. Mental That's usually floss. what you tell me. Yeah, a little mental floss. So we we talked about um, just the activity of the Spirit in our own life. And when we talked about the gifts of the Spirit, um, I gave everybody homework that I just want you guys to, Claire and I just want you guys to kind of ruminate with these scriptures. These are the primary scriptures uh, in the New Testament. They're not the only scriptures. They're the primary scriptures when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, okay? You've got Romans chapter 12. Ephesians chapter 4 and 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. A lot of people would say that 13 would not be a part of that kind of attention, but we would really seriously, we'll probably get into this at some point, we would disagree with that because we think 1 Corinthians, most of us are familiar, it's the scripture, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter in the New Testament, right? Paul's talking about everything else disappears except for faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is Yes, good job. Anyway, um, we think that that's very critical when you're talking about the gifts, that it has to be founded and rooted in love, that ultimately the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our life function because of God's love to us, and then it goes in us and through us as act of love. So when when you operate, for instance, in the gifts of the Spirit, always be thinking, is this loving? Am I about to be loving with the activity that's going on in my life? That's always critical. So anyway, we'll talk about that maybe a different day. But we talked about, I, I, uh, we talked about basically we approach when it comes to kind of our faith um, it, it, as we look for logical evidence, and that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. And then there's experiential evidence. I think that's our next slide. So this is a quote that, I love this quote, John Wimber, we don't seek God's power, we seek God's presence. So we're not just simply after the gifts, we're really after God's presence, the, the, the activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and then God's power and everything else needed is found in God's presence, right? So when the gifts manifest in our lives and the Holy Spirit does something in us or through us, it's just, it's what it is, is evidence of God's presence manifesting in our life. So we talked about logical evidence. We're not going to talk more about that this week. You can check that out from last week. But I do want to start at experiential evidence. This is the place um, where we begin to realize that, um, and this is the place where it gets hard. For some of us, um, we grew up in the church, perhaps. Um, we grew up in a certain kind of church, and some churches uh, teach a theology, um, and it's pretty, it's pretty uh, prominent in the body of Christ, and 
It's based in what's called cessationism. In other words, there's a real critical feel towards um, the gifts of the Spirit manifesting. Experience is a problem for cessationists. So basically, it started in um, essentially mainly in the Reformation, during the Reformation, like during the 1500s. And um, the, the general thought, the sim- simply put, the thought is that when the apostles, the apostles received the gifts of the Spirit, so you saw them working miracles, you saw them, that list we just read, you saw all those things manifesting in the apostles, but when the apostles die off in the early days of the church, there's a cessation, there's a stopping of the gifts of the Spirit. That's the general concept that was taught, so therefore, they're not active in your life and mine today. Um, That's really, really problematic, and one of the main problems, (laughs) I think it is, anyway, one of the main problems is that uh, what does that do for us, and what does it say to us, right? Because we're all people that want to experience the most of God. Now, let me explain something to you. You have to have learned that in the church, If you thought that miracles and healings and words of knowledge and words of wisdom and speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues, if you don't believe that that's for today, understand you learned that in church. See, because in in, out in the greater world, there are people that, and maybe even in this room, there are people that don't believe at all that there were ever any miracles. They don't believe, for instance, that Jesus resurrected from the dead. That's one thing. You don't believe any of it. But the only place you got taught that the gifts don't happen in your life and mine today are in church. So we want to look at that a little bit and why that's not healthy for us. One of the greatest not things... Not the early church. No. One of the greatest things, one of the greatest things that um, my grandfather, uh, one of my grandfathers left for me was this experiential sense of a life in Christ. He was forever talking about experiences, manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I remember one time, he traveled a lot. He and my grandmother traveled a lot. I remember one time he said he was in the Smoky Mountains, and he would just share these stories. And this was before I went to church. Um, He said he was in the Smoky Mountains driving, and this intense fog surrounded them. He's, He's... driving through the mountains, and he literally can't see anything. My grandma may have argued that he couldn't see anything anyway, but anyway, and he said he had no option. He was driving a pickup truck, pulling a trailer, going 55 miles an hour, and he said he didn't know what to do. It was one of those roads in the mountains where it was like, you can't really pull off to the side. You're afraid somebody's going to hit you from behind. You're concerned you're going to hit the person in front. And he said, he would tell Claire and I this, He said later, he said, I could just feel the presence of God come around me and help, begin to literally hold my arms and steer the truck for me because I knew I had to keep going because I didn't know who was behind me and I didn't know who was in front and God literally took control of the truck. Now, you could pass that off as just nonsense, but I heard too many of those stories growing up from my grandfather experiencing the miraculous, and from others. So, in other words, unbelief, when it comes to the gifts, goes to church. Unbelief around the gifts manifests mainly out of teaching we learn 
and teach each other in the church. So the primary sources for this happened during the Reformation. The first source was John Calvin. So John Calvin was a brilliant theologian, but one of the things Calvin taught was that there was an ending to the gifts, a cessation to the gifts. And even in the midst of all of his uh, brilliant theology, he's considered the theologian of the Reformation. Um, Certainly Luther was at the cutting edge of this, but these were three things that he thought. That miracles, and he taught, that miracles were evidence that the apostles were trustworthy teachers. In other words, the gifts were given to the apostles because the church needed a superpower in those early days to establish that the apostles could be trusted. And then once they were trusted, they didn't, then they died off. Everybody that came after that didn't need that assistance. God help us all. Anyway, um, he, he taught, second principle was that miracles ceased. And there was no way to prove that miracles happened, therefore they had ceased. And then the third thing was, um, and this was around, this was really rooted in the Reformation, is that it was a satanic delusion of false doctrine. Because up till that point in the church, church essentially was, you've got the early church, the church plant, and then essentially the church is the Catholic church, right? That's how the Reformation starts, is Luther pushes against some corruption and things that he's seeing in the Catholic church, and also... That, that salvation didn't come by works, but it came through faith. Now, there were certainly issues in those first 1,500 years in the church, or first, right? But this wasn't one of them. But it was a way that they could not have to investigate the powerful things that had been happening since the early church until the Reformation. It was their way to discount the the things that were mysteriously happening for hundreds of years in the church because they simply were pushing against the Catholic Church. One thing you'll never find when it comes to cessation, there's no scripture that's ever used to prove that the gifts ended. Nobody will ever quote that. They quote experience or lack of experience, which is another thing. The thing that's interesting is the proof of... The gifts, um, one, of the, one of the criticisms is, for those that believe the gifts aren't active now, is that it's an experiential faith. And that, you know, you, your faith should be totally rooted in Scripture and that nothing about your experience really is, is a part of that to prove that. But the interesting thing is it's lack of experience that a cessationist has to use in order to prove their position. Let me just put it to you this way. If you never pray for someone to be healed, or you're never looking for God to heal someone, and you never acknowledge that God heals someone, then you don't think God heals someone, right? If you never pray for a prophetic word because you don't believe it can happen, then of course it's not happening in your life. And even if it did, you're not paying attention to it happening. So what we really need is to say that the gifts of the Holy Spirit give, the Holy Spirit gives spiritual gifts to every member of the body of Christ Mm -hmm. according to God's grace for the common good. And one of the gifts that we have been experiencing at at Crossroads since the very beginning um, is prophecy. So can everybody say prophecy? Prophecy. Yeah. 
So here's prophecy. I just want to say um, that you have a story where maybe somebody said something to you or there was a dream you had or there was uh, an image you experienced that you said, well, where did that come from? And then you had an experience later that you thought, oh, that must have been God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, well, you will by the time I'm done. <laughs> I want to ask you, do you desire spiritual gifts? Like even the list that we've read and the way that the slide looks, there is this beautiful um, opportunity for us. All of us are not going to have all of those, near as I can tell, right? Because then we'd have to worship you. But God distributes gifts among all of us so that God can get God's work done in the world and let us co-create and partner with God, which is really, really kind of God. I want to ask you, consider, have you ever had a prophetic prompt? Just a prompt. Anybody even know what I'm talking about right now? Like, you just knew something in your knower. Happened to Griff this week in our training. We were actually guiding somebody through a process, and he said, you know, I have this picture about being rooted. Like, you're rooted, you're anchored. And it was really interesting because the dude was rooted and anchored and could not move. It was really, really cool. You, did you know it was a prophetic prompt? Yeah, so you did. And um, would you have known that before you came to a crazy church like this? I don't, you know, maybe, yeah, it could be. So Acts 1.8 says, you will receive, everybody read it with me, but you, you will receive, receive power, power when the when Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit comes on you. you. And you, you will, will be, be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and, and to the ends of the earth. earth. Everybody say, receive power. Receive power. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So, you know, that word can get really scary to people if we don't realize it's actually moving under the inspiration of God that there's a prompting from God. And I, I don't know about you, but I live a natural life, and I need some supernatural. Yes, yeah. We had a prophetic word in 1995, and it's, th this person said, this building will have several levels. At the time, we only had the cafe and three classrooms. This, this building will have several levels, and you will train leaders from all over the world. This last week, we were training people as a part of what we've been doing since 2016, we've had all of these countries represented and all of these states that we've been training. We would have never dreamed that would be possible. We live in this little itty-bitty, doesn't even show up on the map place. We were laughing because some folks that came to the training were trying to get to Sean and Kathleen's and they don't show up on the GPS. And so you know you're a small place when you don't even show up on the <laughs> GPS, right? And, and so this was a prophetic word. And when we were young kids in 1995, like barely 30, those are kids in case you didn't know, barely 30, we, what, what? Several levels, what are, what are you talking about? Well, a young Canadian prison chaplain slept in Scott's office uh, for the training this week. He was sleeping up there and then would come down for the training. You know, and you have to say, this is 
God. This is a miracle. In 1995, someone said, I see a bridge connecting crossroads with something across the street. And in 2015, the regional law there enforcement... There was nothing across the street. That's an important piece. Yeah, it was a field. Well, there was. There was a field. There was a field. But there was no building. Right? Thank you. That yeah, is that's important, important information. That's important yes. trivia. I see yeah. a bridge connecting crossroads with something across the street. And in 2015, the regional law enforcement center was built. In 2015, before, before maybe right around... Um, Crossroads became the fiduciary oversight for Michigan Human Trafficking Task Force, taking over from Michigan State University, watching over the finances to help fund our teachers and trainers to go all over the state to teach law enforcement and aftercare agencies how to spot human trafficking and then how to interview survivors and then how to find them the help they need. Crossroads, this is you. Right? In 2014, At the Crossroads started. The, at, that was the chapter of the Michigan Human Trafficking Task Force. That, that actually we were um, creating relationships. It's a multidisciplinary team. And it was after the Child Advocacy Center that serves three counties happened. So what you may not know about the Child Advocacy Center is that um, this week during the training, we had a situation, an urgent situation that came up, and if you saw police cars in the parking lot, it was because a child was being interviewed by the trained forensic therapist while the whole team was on the other side of the wall watching on a video screen, asking the questions to the trained therapist that was with the child who had been violently uh, assaulted. And... Charles and I, we're walking through the parking lot during a, a break of the training, and we're just in awe of God, you guys. Can you say, you live in the house that God built. None of us were looking for these kinds of things. It happened because God had children in God's own heart. And you said, yes, we have room, right? International Justice Mission came and trained our um, our law enforcement and very specific agencies around what they do all over the world in IJM.org. Look it up. Everybody should know IJM. They are the hands and feet of Jesus all over the world uh, in f helping countries enforce the rule of law, working with aftercare facilities, doing um, uh, what Half the Sky, the book Half the Sky says, using the big stick approach to go into places like brick kilns and cocoa fields and brothels to rescue uh, victims of human trafficking. And they were right here training our people. These prophetic words, would we have ever known it? No, we wouldn't. You know, Vic, would you have ever known that the Exchange Club was going to help us with, with such things, right? That finances were from the Exchange Club would assist Crossroads to make space here, would help Crossroads to, to become these beautiful gifts. It was like God was in the exchange club and God was in law enforcement and God was over here in the advert. And we all work together on behalf of the people that are in God's heart. Yeah. Prophetic words. Mm -hmm. It's really cool, everybody. Yeah. And when somebody says, I see a bridge... Have you ever had a metaphor or a, a symbol? You're like, I woke up and somebody came up to me and said, 
you remind me of sunshine. That's a metaphor. That's a word that is to enliven you and help you see yourself as God sees you. Has anybody ever told you, you, you're like a scalpel in my life. You have a way of cutting out the stuff, mm-hmm. right? We've called Kathleen a smoke alarm on many occasions. And she had that word before she was ever a smoke alarm at Crossroads. Mm-hmm. And she can just point out danger. Mm-hmm. Like there is a fire over there going on. Mm-hmm. We might want to get the hose out. So this is, uh, we had a mentor early on that used to tell us, used to say, there's nothing more important for a Christ follower than being in the center of God's will. So when it comes to the Holy Spirit's activity in our life, prophetic words are however it manifests in our life, the Holy Spirit and the gifts, the reason that things like prophetic words and the voice of God uh, are so critical is that's what helps us get stay in the center of God's will. So as we pursue the center of God's will, of course, we need, God, we need God's voice somehow to be prominent. So we're looking to be in attunement with the Holy Spirit and in alignment with the Holy Spirit. Some people will say, for instance, well, um, if gifts of healing uh, are active in the church today, why doesn't, like, why, why doesn't someone be able to, why can't they pray for someone, they get healed, and then maybe the next 10 people they pray for, they don't get healed. And you can say, well, that's because we're, we're trying to live into the fullness. If Jesus prayed for 10 people, he would have had 10 people healed. We're not perfect like Jesus, right? We're trying to get aligned with the Holy Spirit, in attunement with the Holy Spirit. And as we pay Uh, closer attention to the voice of God in our lives, that's when the activity of God can increase in our lives. That's why it's important to pay attention to our gifts that God's given us. Right. And even things that you don't even know are like a big gift, right? Like, oh, I saw a bridge. We were praying, I saw a bridge. We were praying, I saw an anchored, you know, a tree that was anchored to the ground, right? These are the things, friends. So I'm going to invite you and the team Um, to consider some things if our team could come up and join us. What we realize is that Crossroads had a prophetic mandate to be a part of the work of Jesus in the world. Mm -hmm. And we won't talk about all that today, but you just need to see things that have happened when, when we said yes. You know, we've trained leaders all over the state, law enforcement, prosecutors, therapists, in the ways to protect the most innocent, to bring justice to the most innocent among us. And I'm, we're not going to talk about that today, but I want to ask, have you experienced or been given an image that spoke to your life or the future? I just want you to think about it in a minute. Something simple that somebody said to you or that you had yourself, you woke up with it. So simple images, like a bridge or a tree rooted. Some of you received prophetic words like like Doug Worth when he was laying underneath a ladder and broke his back, and he and God had a conversation about what would happen when he got up. And he promised God he would begin writing. And so he... 
He's written books to help us know God. So there are images that there are places where you were pinned underneath something or that you thought, oh my gosh, I had a dream. Or somebody said something to me and all of a sudden tears just came out my eyes. Or somebody laid their hand on me and just said peace and all of a sudden it happened. It wasn't just a word. It became a manifestation that came from the mouth of God through a mouth of a friend and to me. There are words you've heard. I I hope you have a pen or your phone that you can write it down and say, hmm, I haven't thought about that dream or that word in a long time. Just go ahead and write it down somewhere. God's been speaking prophetically to you. Now I'm going to invite you to just stand for a minute here, if you wouldn't mind. And um, I'm going to invite you uh, to either keep your head down and maybe keep talking to Jesus or look up and see who's looking. That might be bold enough to try something with us right here. Are you guys, do you guys trust me? Yes. Promise I'm not going to make you do anything. You can keep your head down. And say, I'm not even looking at Claire. No way, no how. (laughs) Others of you want to look at a person next to you. And so do that. Face them. Go ahead and face somebody if if you want to do this together. I'm going to ask you to be brave, be bold, face face to face here. Oh, look, brave people. Excellent, (laughs) excellent. And and so you're you're going to look at this person and, um, and then... Um, pray as you would just a blessing over someone. It can be really simple. Um, God bless Scott. Whatever he's facing this week, would you help him? And help him to know that you're with him. So it's that simple, that kind of a blessing. And then after that, if you would just then maybe go into silence for a moment, like 10 seconds. And then if there's another prayer that God prompts you to pray, you can offer that. You don't have to wonder if it's right or wrong because it's neither. It's a prayer. All right? So first, and if you're alone, just bless yourself. Say, God, I'm... I'm a little bit apprehensive about doing this with someone else. So I'm just going to bless myself here. I'm asking you to bless me and to help me know what you're doing in my life this week. In this time in my life. Will you show me the way? Whatever words you want to use as you bless your own self. Right? All right.
right, so we're going to begin that. Whether you're blessing someone else because you have your head up or you're blessing yourself because your head is down. Let's just do that. First, we'll bless one another, and then we'll give about 10 seconds of silence and then pray another prayer if it comes. And if any other, anything else comes, feel free, like an image or just a scripture or a word of encouragement that comes, feel free. So first, let's begin with the blessing. take about 10 or 15 seconds in silence and see if any other prayer emerges. Now, if you're with another person, switch, and let's do the same thing. Bless that other person, and then go into silence for a few seconds and see if any other prayer comes up. Let's all of us um, bless Crossroads and the work that God's asked us to do. We bless you, Crossroads.
crossroads whose gift is given to show God, to bring God's presence. We bless crossroads, the people of crossroads. Pray that each of us would know what to do with our eating, drinking, walking around life. Places we work, few seconds of silence to see if God might have you pray something else, see something, word or an image. that is, just begin to pray it and bless the house of God, the family of God. Write it down, whatever comes to you. so interesting. We, um, as we were blessing you all, we were brought back to the vision before the church started. And it was at the fountain, there was a blessing of God going out to the north, the south, the east, and the west. And God gave us the name Crossroads. And it would be where different cultures would meet. And while we were praying, that came to us. But now, it's not people coming, it's that we're ascending to the north, the south, yes. the east, and the west. That's really good. You, yes. uh, you know, that, that, yes. and so sometimes it's like a, it's like a picking up from somewhere else. Yes. So why don't you keep blessing each other in these final moments um, as we sing? Yeah, I, let me, let me just add this as we go into singing. I, the practice that Claire just led us through, just want to encourage everybody to to do that, do that during your week, do that at home, do that in small groups, practice paying attention to the voice of God and see what God may do. I I remember a while back I had somebody say, why if Scott, you've, 
you said that you've prayed for people and they were healed, but some people don't get healed. Why do you keep praying? Well, I keep praying for people to be healed because some people have gotten healed, right? It's like, that's good enough for me. And the mystery around how God does all of that will will never be solved until we're face to face. But if we practice, we give God opportunity to do something that maybe we haven't been giving God opportunity to do in our life. Sound good? Yes. And continue praying for each other if you're so inclined, even as we sing this final prayer.
because you anoint them to bring the good news, to bind broken hearts, to set captives free, and to declare the favorable year of the Lord. Let your voice be spirit. 